0: Hello and welcome back to the Animal Advocate Podcast, the podcast where we talk about how you can become the most confident, effective, and powerful voice for the animals that you can be. I'm your host, Ryuji, and this week, or this time, I should say, it's not really a weekly show, we're going to talk about how to help animals from home, what you can do to help animals while you're socially distancing yourself. So if you heard last time's episode, we talked about how you can become a confident animal advocate, five steps that you can take to get on the path of outreach mastery. So if you haven't listened to that and you think that sounds interesting to you, definitely check it out. And in truth, this time I wanted to talk about how to be calm, how to stay calm when talking to people about veganism and animal rights, despite their stupidity and their ridiculous excuses because it seems to be a much requested topic. And I will talk about that, but not this time. I decided that I would do this episode first because I think it's very fitting for what we're going through right now. And next time I will talk about how to be calm. So look out for that. If that's something that interests you. And by the way, I'm also thinking about live streaming the recording of that, maybe not on Instagram, but on a more private, uh, on a more private, in a more private setting, let's say. So if you're interested in uh, being a part of that, then keep an eye out on Instagram. That's where I'll be announcing things. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but I might. So I'm just letting you know in case you're interested. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to do that next time. And today, we're going to talk about, like I said, what you can do from home. Now, before I get into the topic, I wanted to share with you a couple posts that I read on social media about the situation, about uh, the coronavirus that were thought provoking for me and that I think could be insightful for you as well. And uh, the reason I want to share this with you is because someone asked me on a, on a questions thing on my Instagram, when I, when I did a questions poll, what do I think about the situation? What do I think about uh, the question was something like, what do you think about the coronavirus and vegans? And what I thought to myself was, well, First of all, I don't really have any personal thoughts on this. Uh, If anything, I, I know certain facts. And the only two questions that I ask myself are, what can I do about it? And what can I learn about it? That is the only way that I know how to approach things. So I don't really have a personal opinion, so to speak. But I do want to share these two posts with you because they've kind of helped me think about the situation more clearly than I have been. You know, there's so much information and so much panic and so much emotion and some like all that. So I just wanted to share these two things with you. Now, the first post is by Dr. Garth Davis, huge fan of Dr. Garth Davis. And uh, he says, this is not the end of the world. There is way too much hysteria, but... This is also not as mild as the flu, and the flu ain't so mild. We do not need to panic. We certainly don't need to run on toilet paper. I still don't get this. (laughs) We also don't need to be conspiracy theorists or denialists. This is a very communicable disease that can hurt people. Live your life, but follow the simple rules being laid out by experts. Avoid large gatherings. If you show any signs of being ill, self-quarantine, but don't overwhelm ER unless seriously sick. Wash hands. Avoid crowds. Don't panic. And this post has a, a list of uh, facts and statistics about what's been going on so far. So it's a very useful post. Uh, the original post is actually put together by at info beautiful. So uh, shout out to them. This is a great post. And uh, I really like this post because it shows that the reality is not that black and white. And he also advises don't panic. It's not the end of the world but also do follow the guidelines being laid out by experts, right? And the reason uh, that really made me think when I read this is because the other post I want to share with you is something that I read. I think I read it before I saw this post. Yeah, I definitely did. But um, I I read a post and my friend Jennifer shared this and I can't find the original post, but it said something along the lines of, why don't we shift our mindset around this virus? Instead of thinking to ourselves, what can I do So that I don't get sick. Let's think about, or, or let's assume, sorry, that we already have the virus and let's do everything we can so that others don't get it from us. And I thought that was such a beautiful way to look at it because it flips the whole narrative. With so much hysteria going on, I see a lot of people being concerned about themselves, thinking me, 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 me. And by the way, you can also observe this all the time in life. I feel that people so often just think about themselves, right? Um, But it becomes so apparent in times like this when you see people hoarding or when you see people fighting over toilet paper, right? It's like people are thinking, if I'm okay, then everything is gonna be okay. It's all about me. And this post that Jennifer shared flipped that script and basically said, well, let's not think about just how can I be okay? Let's think about how everyone can be okay, right? Because another post that I also can't find the original post, but um, <laughs> I should be more prepared for this maybe, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say here, right? So um, that's the point. And another post that I saw talked about how, well, the reason that we do things like socially distance ourselves or follow the guidelines that are laid out by experts, is not necessarily for us, right? In truth, when this situation started escalating, I didn't take it that seriously because I knew that I was going to be okay. All right. So even if I get the virus, I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to guess that for most of the people listening to this podcast, you're going to be okay as well. So that being the case, I I thought to myself, well, you know, okay, (laughs) the virus going along, you know, people freaking out, okay, whatever. And I I didn't think about it that seriously. But now I understand that the reason that I should take it seriously and the reason that I should follow the guidelines seriously is not for me. It's because if I don't follow the guidelines, maybe I'll come in contact with someone who might come in contact with someone who is at great risk and who's going to die as a result of me not taking this seriously. All right, So it's not for me, it's for others. And it just reminded me that I think that's a much more beautiful way to look at the world, and I think that's how we should look at this situation, but also just how we should think in life in general, right? Instead of thinking about how can I get what I want, even though it's important to think about that too, let's think about how can we make the world a better place? How can how can we contribute? How can we help others? How can we bring value, right? So, um, yeah, anyways, enough about the situation. Let's get into the topic at hand, which is what can you do to help animals from home. So I'm going to break this down into two parts. And the first part is going to be kind of quote unquote, the external part. And the second part is going to be the internal part. I just realized that that maybe doesn't make sense, but bear with me here. So the most obvious answer to what you can do to help animals while you're socially distancing yourself and spending a lot of time at home is to use social media. Why? Social media has so many people on it. And the two reasons why I think this is a great time to pump out content on social media is because one, you probably have a lot more time than you used to to produce content for social media. And two, there are a lot of people out there who are spending a lot of time scrolling through social media. So it's a perfect time to just pump out content. And, uh, you know, yeah, I just think it's a great time. Well, it's always a great time to produce content for social media, in my opinion, in my experience. But I do think that if that's something you want to focus on right now, now now's a good time to focus on that. And even if you don't love social media or you don't post that much on social media, well, maybe use this time to figure out how to create more compelling posts, learn some basic graphic design. Or another thing that you can do is you can comment and engage with other people's posts that helps the movement as well. So for example, comment and engage with uh, content that big animal rights accounts are putting out, or not even big, any animal rights account is putting out. Comment on the, on their co- on their posts or engage with their posts, leave a like. That always helps, right? And when you write a comment, I'm going to invite you to write constructive comments. Write comments that um, support, or not necessarily support, but let's say write comments that have the potential of bringing value to other people who might read that comment, right? So for example, if someone... Uh, puts a puts up a post about animal cruelty, you know some sort of animal abuse Well, you can for example think to yourself. Well, what could people? Think after seeing this and they might you know, maybe you think well a lot of people could be sad I feel really sad. So you could write a comment that says something like This is really sad every time I see this it breaks my heart, but that being the case What brings me hope is that I know that by me being vegan, I'm not contributing to this. And that is a huge thing that I can do to help these animals, right? So for example, so when other people see that, then it can actually help them and bring them value. So that's how I encourage you to leave comments just on social media in general. Now, the other thing that some people like to do is they like to debate people or argue with people on social media. Now, it's not something that I advocate for that much i don't think it's the most productive use of your time at all in fact um i think those conversations are so silly and in most the cases the people you talk to are so idiotic that i mean it's just i just i I, like i think that by doing that you're you're literally losing brain cells so i don't think it helps you or you know I, i don't think it's productive but that being the case if you do want to do that um one piece of advice that i would give you is if you argue with people, argue with people in a place where a lot of people can see, argue with people, quote unquote in public. Right. So for example, one thing that I will do sometimes is if I do ever answer those this comments and most of the time I don't, but when I do uh, on my personal post, for example, usually it's because I want to take a screenshot of that and then share it on my story. Right. Or I know that it's because it's my post. Well, If my answer gets a lot of upvotes, then a lot of people are also going to see that. So it helps people understand the arguments to counter the counter arguments to veganism. And also it allows me to showcase two clashing points of view in a very clear way, right? But I I make sure I share it. Now, if you don't have an animal rights page like me, one thing that you can do, which I used to do, I don't do that that often anymore, is um, respond to people or create threads in the posts of huge accounts. So for example... I used to have push notifications on for big accounts like PETA or Mercy for Animals or or these big animal rights accounts, right? And what would happen is that they would post something. I would get a notification and I would get on that post and I would write something that has a chance of getting top comments, right? I would always try to get top comments in those posts. So for example, I would write something like, there's really no excuse for animal abuse. I can't believe people still eat animal products in 2020, or something very bold very polarizing, um, that I know a lot of people are going to be for, but also it's going to, it's going to, uh, ruffle some feathers, so to speak, right? So I know that if I, if I'm successful in what I did and I get top comments, then a lot of other people are likely to, to respond back to that. And when they respond, well, I can respond back to them and have a little bit of back and forth. And if I did my job correctly, it's going to create a situation where a lot of people who are going to go through that post are going to see that exchange. Right, so I'm proactively putting my comments in a place where a lot of people can see them. So, if you do want to argue with people, if you do want to debate people, that's how I would advise you go do that. But now, for the second part of this, I want to throw a little bit of a curveball to you. And I want to invite you to think about what can you do to help animals? Not right this second, but in the long run. How can you invest in yourself to be able to make a bigger impact for animals in the long run? What do I mean by this? Concretely, I mean, I invite you right now, these days, to dedicate some serious time to your personal growth. I invite you to reflect upon yourself, to sit down with yourself, spend time with yourself, get to know yourself, and reevaluate the direction in which your life is going, reevaluate what you're doing for animals, and in what areas of your life can you grow to become a more confident, effective, and powerful advocate for animals. The purpose of this is because since you presumably will be spending a lot more time with yourself, you have the time and the bandwidth and the space to really work on yourself such that when this whole thing is over, you can get back out there and be more powerful and more effective than you were before. And what's in it for you too? Because the the first reason I want to do this is because I do generally think that if you do implement some of the things I'm going to talk about here. I do think it's going to help animals, but also I want to talk about this for you because I saw a Q and a session that someone did on Instagram the other day. And I saw quite a few people talk about how in these times they were feeling lonely and they were feeling, you know, like they didn't know what to do and they, they were bored and they were like, how do I like, I just want to, I want to binge on food and I've been watching TV all day. And like, what do I do and all that. And I completely understand that because when you have a lot of time to spend with yourself, well, very quickly, it can turn into a situation where you're kind of escaping life and you start doing all these unproductive things that you might feel like it's leisure, but it gets real existential real quick. Or for example, I remember, I definitely went through this, um, one episode in particular I remember is when I was much younger, maybe I was around uh, 15 or 16 or something like that, and I was on vacation, and during that vacation, I remember I watched the entirety of uh, Prison Break in about three or four days, it's multiple seasons, it's a huge series, it's not that huge, but you know, but I, I just, I binge watched it, and I remember when I first started, I was like, this is a great show, I love doing this, but by the end of it, I remember thinking to myself, what am I doing with my life? what is going on right now? I feel so strange. I feel so like I, I don't feel present. I feel like it. I, I don't even feel like going out. I don't feel like doing anything. I just feel like laying in bed. Like What's going on? This is not who I am. And if you don't proactively take control of your life and you don't have a clear sense of direction and purpose, what I found is that it's very easy to fall into that. So if you seriously spend some time thinking about and working on your personal growth for the animals, then I do think that it can provide a very fulfilling sense of purpose in your life such that you don't fall into this downward spiral because that's really what it is. And by the way, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with leisure. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, maybe you relate to this. And if you do relate to this, then you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't relate to this, then well, good for you, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, I definitely relate to this. Hence, I'm talking about it. All right. So to start off, Start this whole process off because what I want to do is walk you through some things that I think you can do to work on your personal growth. These are things that I'm committing to during this time, so I want to share them with you. And the first thing I want to invite you to do is to audit yourself and to honestly ask yourself these questions. So, right now, think to yourself you know, not for me, but just for yourself ask yourself, what is your vision for yourself? How do you see yourself being a voice for the animals? If you See your ideal self, the the image of yourself that you have. You're like, you know, who do you fantasize to be for the animals? Do you see yourself being a public speaker? Do you see yourself doing outreach in public? Do you see yourself making videos for social media? Do you see yourself organizing mass actions, bringing tons of people together? What do you see for yourself? And I want you to ask yourself, what is the gap? What is standing between you, where you're right now, and where you want to be. Let me ask you another question. If you are to be honest with yourself, what percentage of your potential are you operating at right now? If you think about who you see yourself being for the animals, what percentage of the potential are you tapping right now in terms of how you're speaking up for animals? Really sit down and think about this. Sink into the experience. Don't give a crazy high number for your ego. Just be honest with yourself. If you think about this and your answer is not that you're at 100%, you're operating at 100% of your potential, then that's why I invite you to dedicate some time to personal growth because whatever it is that you want to do, well, you got to understand that this is my way of looking at things, but I think being an activist is just as much about who you are as about what you do, right? And if you're being is not developed, then you won't be able to do the things that you want to do for the animals. So for example, if you want to organize a mass action, you see yourself as being this powerful organizer, but you are not the person who can pull that off. Well, someone can give you the step-by-step of how to do that. And I've seen this, like my friend has shared with me a checklist of, oh, if you want to do a mass action, this is the step-by-step, this is the checklist. Well, someone can give you that but maybe you're not going to be able to actually pull that off, right? So if you're in a situation where you can't pull it off, or maybe you want to talk to people, but you find yourself every time you talk to people, well, you get frustrated, right? So in that case, what does that mean? That doesn't mean that you get easily frustrated. That just means you haven't worked on yourself enough. You got to work on yourself. And if you work on yourself, you can achieve anything, right? Or I'm confident that you can be the voice for the animals that you envision yourself being. Whatever it is that you have in your head of, you dream of being that person for the animals, You can be that. So, that being the case, what do I recommend you do during those times to work on your personal growth? The first thing I invite you to do is to control your environment. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that I don't think most people understand how much their environment affects their lives. I don't like I certainly didn't growing up, and I maybe I still don't understand it fully. But I definitely didn't understand how much every little thing that's around me and that that touches me, that influences me, has an effect on the actual direction of my life. A quote that might help you remember this is a quote by um, a self help teacher, Jim Rohn. And he said, You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And what he was saying is what I just explained that human beings were permeable creatures. And so if you spend time with a certain type of people, Well, you're going to turn out like that as well. So for example, if you're always around people who are gossiping all the time or who are complaining all the time, well, maybe you'll find that you yourself, the thoughts that you have in your head, you have gossiping thoughts in your head. You have complaining thoughts in your head, right? And it's not because that's how you are. It's just because you put yourself in an environment. That's how powerful the environment is. And what I found is that your environment is literally so powerful and shaping your thoughts, your behaviors, and ultimately your life. That if you ignore your environment and you don't proactively take control of it and you don't actively shape it to be what you want it to be, you have no chance of escaping the gravitational pull of the stupidity that's out there. And in this context, there's no way that I could ever make the difference that I want to make for the animals if I I don't proactively surround myself with smart and productive thoughts, right? So that's what I realized. And what I invite you to do again is audit yourself. Audit your influences right now by default. And this is a great time to audit this since you're spending so much time with yourself. What are the types of influences that you are choosing to put yourself around right now? Are you putting yourself around people that you admire? Are you putting yourself around smart thoughts? Are you putting yourself around positivity and love? Or are you putting yourself around gossiping, around complaining, around negativity, around fear, around anxiety, around those kinds of emotions, right? Really audit this. When you have an entire day to yourself, what do you do? Do you mindlessly watch a bunch of television or do you actually go do something productive with your life? Now, I wanna clarify that I'm not trying to be judgmental here. I'm not judging anyone. I'm not judging anyone's lifestyle. What you do is ultimately up to you. The reason I'm talking about this is because if you're listening to this, then I assume that you have a high standard for yourself. I assume that you want to be a powerful, effective, confident voice of the animals. You see yourself being destined for greatness. You wanna do great things for the animals. You wanna make a huge impact on the world. And if you do wanna do that, then I simply do not think that you have the luxury of just mindlessly tuning out and just letting your life go by you and be this leaf in the wind, being influenced by these stupid influences that you can so easily put yourself around, right? So that's why I'm talking about this. So audit yourself. What are the influences around you right now? What are the thoughts that you have in your head day to day? Are they thoughts that help you? Or are they thoughts that hold you back? Who are the people that you're spending time with right now and hanging out with them, is that going to help you achieve your vision, create your vision for yourself and for the world? Or are they holding you back? And what I invite you to do is again, honestly, think about, well, what are the influences in my life that are not serving me right now? And I want you to start thinking about how you can replace those with influences that are going to help you. Let me tell you a little story about myself, about why I think this is so important, why I'm so passionate about this. When I was in high school, like you probably know by now, I was a miserable kid. I was shy. All I wanted was to be popular. I I didn't understand why other people could talk to each other and have fun. And, you know, they were the popular kids. I couldn't understand this. I was really shy and just sad and lonely. It was, it was not good. And... What I did at a certain point is that because I was so blessed to stumble upon people who told me something very similar to what I'm telling you right now, I understood that I could take control of my life. And this, what I'm sharing with you right now, is one of the first things that I ever learned that my environment is extremely important to how my life is going to turn out. And the person who taught me this told me something, a very key subtlety in this statement that still stays with me today. And that is that. What's so awesome about living in this day and age is that we have the internet and through the internet, you can, if you choose to proactively craft your environment so that you put yourself around the thoughts, the emotions, the people that you want to put yourself around, right? Right now, for example, you might've heard the quote about, well, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. And you're like, well, okay. I want to hang out with people who are going to lift me up. I want to hang out with positive people. I want to think about people who are doing amazing things for the world, right? And you you should want that. That's amazing. But you think to yourself, I don't know any of these people. How am I going to meet these people? I have no idea how to to start doing that. And why would they even want to hang out with me in the first place? Right, you might be thinking that. And to a certain extent, you might be right. But what's so awesome is that you don't just have to hang out with them in person. You can hang out with them on the internet, all the most accomplished people in the world. And when I say accomplished, um, you know, that could mean anything, right? So that has to do with you and what you view as success, right? Someone can be accomplished in the sense that they were very financially successful, or maybe they're very fulfilled. So they managed to be very, become very happy in their lives, or maybe they excelled at arts or to sports. There are many different types of accomplishments, right? So, uh, you know, Success takes a lot of different forms, and what you define as success, is up to you to define that for yourself. But the point is, for so many people who have achieved great things, who have made a huge impact on the world, well, you can virtually hang out with them now. You can listen to their talks, their interviews, they're on podcasts. A lot of them have written books. You can listen to their audiobooks. How amazing is that, that you have the opportunity to do that right now? There are a lot of activists, amazing activists, even just like activists for the animals, right? A lot of us who create a lot of content. And if there are people in the movement that you look up to, go watch them, spend time with them virtually so that you can start to become like them through osmosis. That's how we learn as human beings, right? So that's what I invite you to do. And to come back to my story. So when I was in high school and I learned this, what I did is I remember I proactively put myself in a position where pretty much every spare moment that I had, I started listening to people who were smarter than me. I, I had the presence of mind to realize that the thoughts that were going through my mind were so stupid and were so not going to help me live the life that I wanted to live. You know, at the time I wasn't an activist, I wasn't vegan. I didn't have this vision for animal liberation, but I knew that. There had to be something more to my life. And I realized that if I keep doing what I'm doing right now and I don't make a serious shift in my environment, it's really not going to work out for me. So what did I do? I loaded up personal development tapes. I started listening to people who were smarter than me. And I remember there was this one particular... Um, person his name is Earl Nightingale and he made these personal development tapes way back right uh, One of the most impactful the ones that had the most impact on me was one called Lead the Field so you can check that out if you want. but what I did is I downloaded all his all his programs his audio programs they're on, they're on um, Spotify so I downloaded them and I would go for long walks in the city and I would just listen to him over and over and over again. I would just keep listening and I would just put myself. In that, in that zone, so to speak. And what that did is it raised the standards of how I saw myself and for what I saw possible for myself, right? Because if I just continued surrounding myself with previously, what did I do? Well, you know, I had a few friends in high school. And by the way, my, my high school friends are awesome. I love all my high school friends, but back then we were all stupid because we were high, in high school, you know? Um, but, anyways, you know, so, you know, I, I love them. But, anyway, so there were not the best influences at the time, right? Because we're we're just all dumb kids. So I started listening to Earl Nightingale over and over and over again. I stopped watching those stupid TV shows that I used to watch. I remember I used to binge watch TV. Like I used to watch, like I watched, I think I watched every season of two and a half men, like two or three times or something, you know, I watched so many just stupid shows on TV, man. Like I, you know, there are certain things that are stupid and I don't regret doing them, but wasting a lot of my time watching TV for me personally is definitely something that I regret. So anyways, so replace that with just listening to smart thoughts and that completely turned my life around. Because what you'll find is that if you do put yourself around more positivity, more love, productive thinking, smart thinking, well, that's how you're going to become as well. And if you want to start to transform your life and you, you want to start to grow, to become the most powerful advocate for animals that you, you can be, then I do think that's raising your standards is something that's going to greatly, greatly help you do that. So this is the first thing that I invite you to do. Now that you have so much time, proactively become aware of the influences that you're letting into your life and maybe start redesigning that in a way that's actually going to serve you. You know, how you do this is completely up to you, but for me personally, I have really high standards. And if there is anything you admire about what I do, well, is because I, I worked really hard to be able to do everything that I do. From learning how to make videos, to learning how to express myself, to communicating with people, and none of these things are things that I was born with. I worked really hard to acquire those skills. And a huge part of how I did that is I proactively controlled my environments, and I made sure. That's, I only surrounded myself with things, influences, and people that were going to help me. If you want to know, for example, for personally, if people are complaining, if people are gossiping, if people are being negative around me, then I'm not going to spend time with them. I, I do not tolerate that around me. I don't tolerate complaining. You know, there are certain contexts in which maybe it's okay to vent very occasionally and maybe if you're someone who's very, very close to me, you know, we can have those, those moments, That that's okay too. But as a general rule, complaining and gossiping are just things, and negativity are just things that I just don't put myself around. I don't let that into my world, right? So that's what I invite you to do. Audit your influences and design your environment so that it's something that supports you. Now, how can you do that? This brings us to the second point I want to share with you, the second thing I want to invite you to do to grow as a person, to become the most powerful voice for the animals that you can be, and that is to read books. I invite you to spend some time sitting down and reading a book. It is shocking to me how little people read. I cannot believe it. Why? Not because I think people who read are better people than people who don't read, but because I think that's we're not putting into perspective how amazing this opportunity is that we have books available to us. Take nonfiction books. What are they? Nonfiction books are in a lot of cases the culminations of the most insightful insights that some of the most accomplished people in the world have had over their lives. If you think about anyone who's accomplished anything great, who's had a huge impact on the world, most likely, they either wrote a book or they've had books written about them. And this entire life that's gone through trials and tribulations, so many ups and downs and failures and successes, well, what they've done is they've compressed all that knowledge into this 200-page book that you can pick up for 15 to 20 bucks or if you want to buy a used book, it costs a couple dollars and you can gain a lifetime of insight just from spending a few hours reading a book. I mean, how amazing is that? And if there are other nonfiction books, maybe it's people who've spent years and years researching this one particular topic and they put it together in a book in a way that's going to be engaging, in a way that you can read it and be entertained and learned at the same time. And we're not taking advantage of that. I, like, I just cannot understand that. I think it's such a huge opportunity. I mean, I see books and I'm like, I cannot believe this exists. I'm so grateful that someone took the time to write this, to help me to put these insights into a book that I can digest and just I mean, it's it's amazing. So that's why I invite you to read. Now, there is a second reason I invite you to read books as well, and that is to practice your focus. Now, what you might find And this is what I find. If I spend a long amount of time without reading and then I try to sit down to read, what I find is that I can barely read two pages of a book without getting distracted, right? Some of my younger friends, I talk to them about reading books and they're like, I can't, they just can't read books at all. Or sometimes they can barely even sit through a documentary and I feel that way too sometimes, right? Now, what does it say about us as humans? That just shows us how little we can focus. And if there's one thing that I'm sure of If you want to accomplish anything great in your life, you're going to have to put in a lot of work and you're going to have to spend a lot of time being focused. And if you can't even sit down and read 20 pages of a book without getting distracted or falling asleep, then I think that's something to take seriously. I think that's a moment where you tell yourself, well, shit, like I can't believe I can't read 20 pages of a book without getting distracted what has happened to me. And this is not your fault. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be judgmental or, or to be mean spirited. I hope you understand that, you know, if I'm saying things that seem a little harsh, I'm doing it out of love here. So that being said, what I found is that if I practice reading and I actually sit down and focus, some other things that you can do to help with that is meditation, for example. Well, I found that I'm able to practice being focused, being present and in life in general, that just helps me be so much more grounded, helps me be so much more present, and ultimately it helps me be a better advocate for animals. All right, so that's the second thing that I invite you to do is to spend some time reading books. And if you're not someone who regularly reads books, then this is a great time for you to start doing so. And by the way, you can read actual physical books, you can get ebooks, but another thing that you can do is listen to audiobooks, right? They're a, a little easier to consume than actual books. Actually, Maybe for a lot of you, they will be a lot easier. For me, I do find it easier. But that being said, I do think that it's still productive to sit down and listen to an audiobook for a sizable amount of time. And you'll see that if you do that, maybe you'll find yourself getting distracted all the time and maybe you'll fall asleep. Well, good. Become aware of that and realize how this society that has stimulation coming from all sides at all time has robbed you from this ability to focus. Now, if you want a recommendation of what book to read, I've recommended several books in some of my videos and even in the previous episode of this podcast. But one book I'm going to invite you to check out um, in this episode is a book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Probably mispronouncing his name, so I apologize. But The Four Agreements, look it up. It's an incredible book. Um, it's, It's a pretty spiritual book. You know, there's some parts of it that are a little bit woo woo, a little bit weird, but if you read it and you take the lessons from it, then I do really think that's it's a book that everyone should read. I really, really recommend it. So do check it out or not up to you, but you know, I do recommend it. So now moving on to the third thing that I recommend you do during this time to help animals. Well, the third thing I invite you to do is to either learn a new skill or practice a skill that you have right now. What do I mean by that? If you want To help animals and be a voice for the animals well it's great to have that intent it's great to have that vision where you see yourself you're like i really want to help animals i love i i want to contribute to this cause i want to help create animal liberation it's awesome to have that intent but that being said you need to have certain skills in order to actually do that just having that intent is only going to take you so far and the more skills you develop the more you're going to be able to help animals. So for example, take me for example. What are some skills that I have developed over the course of my life that helped me advocate for animals? One very obvious one is the ability to create media. I wasn't born with the knowledge of how to make videos. In fact, I was uh, obsessed with filmmaking for the past 10 years at this point at least, right? I think it's even more than 10 years. The first time I made a video was in 2008. So it's been 12 years since I've been making videos. I went to film school, believe it or not, um, for at least for a year and a half before I switched my major. But anyways, um, you know, what are some other things? Well, I learned how to communicate with people. That's a skill that I developed, that I learned from others and that I practiced. It didn't come natural to me. I had to learn how to express myself, right? So if you're listening to this and you think that I'm an engaging speaker, first thank you. You know, well, it's something that I worked on. I didn't naturally become, I wasn't naturally born this super charismatic and being able to communicate with people person at all. And you might even be able to hear that my quote unquote, my charisma is a little bit forced. Maybe now that I'm telling you, um, that's coming to your worst maybe not, I don't know. But the point is, it's something that I've had to learn. And by the way, I am open to covering this in, in, a future episode of this podcast. I would love to talk about it. I'm very passionate. But anyways, what are some other things? Well, I learned how to use social media. I'm not someone who grew up loving social media. Before I started Peas by Vegan, I had a personal account that I barely ever posted on on Instagram, and I didn't, I didn't particularly like Instagram, right? But I told myself, I want to use social media to advocate for animals. So that being the case, I went and learned the skill of how to create content for Instagram and how to have an impact on social media for the animals. And then when I went and did that, so this is also something I would love to talk about in a future episode is social media activism, go deep into that topic, but you know, that's a skill that I learned. So you can see that the reason that I'm able to do everything that I do today is because I've learned all these different skills that stack on top of each other. And when I combine those skills, I'm able to do what I do. So what I recommend for you is work, you know, maybe pick up a new skill, or if there's a skill that you already have that you want to get better at, use this opportunity to do that. For example, maybe you've always wanted to learn video editing or how to make videos. Take some time and learn how to actually do that. Maybe you even wanted to learn graphic design. That's what I'm working on right now. I'm trying to improve my graphic design, you know, and by the way, I think that graphic design can be applicable to a lot of people because I see a lot of posts on Instagram that's, um, they're, they're just very cluttered and I don't think they're very easy to read. And I do think you can design them better. So maybe go learn some basic graphic design, you know, up to you, but it's something you can learn. Maybe spend some time with yourself, practice your public speaking, practice your ability to express yourself right? Or maybe you have a passion that you love. You love drawing and you would love to draw to help animals. Well, practice your drawing. Maybe you're a musician. Spend time practicing music. You know, if you have those more uh, niche artistic passions, then you're probably already doing that. But, you know, really, this is such a huge opportunity. I mean, spend time refining those skills or spend time picking up a new skill. This is a huge opportunity that we have here. So I really invite you to do that because, again, the more skills that you learn, that you acquire, and the better you are at them, the more you can use them to help animals in an effective way. And even if you think about joining organizations or being a part of a team, well, the more you have to bring to the table in terms of skills, the more valuable you're going to be. So that's why I invite you to really take this time to develop some skills. All right, so we've covered a few things here to summarize the easy answer as to what you can do for animals from home is to use social media. You can post on social media. You can comment on other people's posts. You can debate people in a public forum. It's one thing that you can do. But for me, the bigger picture is, I would really invite you to spend this time focusing on your personal growth. You know, I always thought that activism is not just something that you do in the field. And right now, whether or not you've been previously involved with activism, well, most events are getting canceled. So there's no activist events to even go to. What I always thought is that activism doesn't start and stop at the events that you go to. To me, my whole life, I try to live in alignment with being an activist, right? In the time that I'm not out doing outreach, what am I doing? I'm trying to better myself so that when I go do outreach, I can be the best outreacher that I can be. And that's not just in the moment that that happens, that happens in every other moment of how I live my life. What type of influences do I have around me? What types of books do I read? And what kind of skills do I spend my time developing? All that goes into shaping how powerful and effective of voice you're gonna be for animals. Like I said, being an activist is not just about what you do, it's about who you are. And I do think it's so important for us as people who have a powerful vision for the world to take our progress and our growth seriously. The more you grow, the more you're going to be able to help animals. And I hope that this podcast inspired you to take some time to proactively kind of rethink and reshape your life. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I hope that you got some value out of this podcast. If you did, I would love if you let me know. Send me a DM or leave a comment somewhere. Or uh, you can rate this podcast on iTunes and leave a little review. It would really help me out. I would love that. But uh, let me know. I would love to know your feedback. And apart from that, I will see you next time when we're going to talk about how to be calm, how to stay calm in the face of people's ridiculous excuses and stupidity. So with that being said, thank you again for tuning into the Animal Advocate podcast. I'll see you next time. I love you and keep defending animals.